1: Hello and welcome to u 2 and we're in a celebratory mood at the moment because oh, Huddersfield dude. Town have claimed their first win of the season.
2: Hooray! Yay. Yay. That's real, that's not even a sound effect. No. Of ladies, but that's real. <coughs> Jesus, Yay. that worked my first, and That's
0: that. going to take some days out of that. Lovely. They are party poppers and not gunshots. Smells like a children's. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Duh. He's they threw a mouthful of
1: party ring. Yeah. I'm the full hog here, haven't you? Fox's party rings, courtesy of Batley. We're getting looked at by people in the office. There we go. We've got party hats on. We do. Somewhat facetiously.
2: Yeah. Let's be quite honest. I'm. I don't do anything ironically. Um, Do you not? So this is deadly serious for me.
1: Incredibly sincere. Yeah.
0: As always. Party
1: celebration.
0: Cheers, lads. Chin, chin. Cheers. Little <laughs> glass of Prosecco on the go. Prosecchio.
1: So, yeah. Uh, yeah, Huddersfield Town, since we last recorded, have drawn a game against Millwall and beaten Stoke City. I'm here with Jim Chisholm and Dave Hartrick to talk through those two games. Uh, where should we start? It's, it's tempting to talk about Stoke, but we should probably go chronologically and talk about Millwall, shouldn't talk we? Um about
2: Millwall. Um,
1: Jim, what were your thoughts on the Millwall game?
2: It's a pretty awful game, to be honest. There was... We'd seen some stops and starts, hadn't we, under the, the new Cowley mm. regime and I felt like there were more, more stops than starts um, with Millwall. I mean, I, I think I was, I was expecting a, a Matt Smith header in the 88th minute yeah. to make it 1-0, so, so to, to draw in a, in a way was kind of a, a positive, but just same old, same old, I think, from that game, my perspective. How about you, Dave?
0: Um, I think there are a lot of positives mm. alongside a lot of the same old things. Yeah. The, the one thing that, like, the penalty was—I I <laughs> tweeted about it, it. Was one of the, the penaltiest penalties I've ever seen in my life. It was ridiculous. And it, I, I mean, that—that that was shocking. But I felt, you know, I, the town were a bit more progressive. They carried a bit more of a sacking effect, but. Individual error costs them again, and how many times yeah. have we said that in the this season already? Like,
1: I think it's a particular shame because, like, as I put in the conclusions, if a manager came out and said this, you'd you'd rightly round on them. But it was a clean sheet in everything but the scoreline because if Grabara doesn't basically chuck that into his own net, then uh, then it's a it's a one nil win several days before they actually got a 1-0 win. I
0: think if he hadn't chucked that in, I honestly think Town would have probably won 2 or 3-0, you know.
2: There, there was a period after we scored the, the first goal, and then Campbell just sort With of the got two a, headers, a, a yeah, bit too yeah. much under that header, mm. and I thought, well, we could we could do this 2-3-0. Yeah, that, mm. that spanking that, that you've been talking about, mm. Dave, um, in footballing terms. <laughs> uh, for a while, you felt that he was coming. I, I had that feeling for about 5-10 minutes, and... Um, And then again, it was just back to some pretty pointless possession, not really knowing what to do, shifting it out wide. And I think, you know, I think we could have won that, I think, with the penalty, with an individual mistake. We just forgot to say it's a 10 man Millwall with Murray Wallace as left back.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Millwall clearly played for the point after they went down to 10 men. But you can't blame them for that. Away from home, in the form that they've been in, that was, you know, he had no choice there, Neil Harris.
0: It felt to me that the archetypal game, that if Town hadn't been on the run they're on, if they'd have won the game before, they would have won that game 3-1, 4-1. Honestly, I I genuinely think it spanked them. But because of the run they were on, and then because there's another individual error, some of the old mindset, some of the old habits just kicked in. And, like... Danny said in the the press conference afterwards that he was far more pleased with the second yeah. half and we both exchanged a little look like really but i sort of get what he was saying yeah. when, when i watched the game back again Millwall were not
1: to say there for the take well they were there for the taking really they, they had chances as well but the game was open and Millwall were not at their best I mean, and, in, and town didn't didn't exploit it they were there were too many times where they got forward and took an extra touch in the final third and then didn't score as a result. And then the second half, Millwall upped their game, and Town, to be fair, also upped their game and and stopped them from from you know turning Town over in the second half, which is I think is what he was getting at. And
2: for all he's been maligned, it was Diacaby that, that when he came on, yeah, that's when we looked like if we were going to break them down, it would have been mm. down that side. Mm. Um, which op-
0: he uh, did the thing that I've wanted him to do for a long time which is just play with the brakes off and it, if it doesn't happen it doesn't matter, Just but just go for it, you're the fastest player on that pitch by a country man and he showed it like twice, there were one occasion where I think he was one on one with a midfielder and the midfielder had like a five yard start on him yeah. and he just, he not only did he get the ball he just burned past him and if the Cowleys can like Shackle that to a little bit of discipline and an ability to cross the ball a bit better and shoot a bit better. Yeah, Town suddenly could have a proper proper player on their hands in that division. To I th- be th- frank, I, th-
2: I, I mean that literally sounds like what we've been saying about Rajiv and Laparra. Yeah, you know, it. So yeah. I, I think sometimes, and I've said it a million times, but the fact that. He has one attribute, not three. is probably why it's yeah. Huddersfield Town and not somewhere mm, else. Yeah. He, if he has two of those attributes, he's,
1: yeah, he's a agree. good player. Yeah, yeah. i agree. Cowley said that they're trying to train him to play a bit more inside and, and rather than standing five yards ahead of the defender, waiting to run at him, just mm. get him on the shoulder and do the Raheem Sterling thing yeah. where, he's, where he's getting in the box... F- to apply simple tappings rather yeah. than always yeah. looking to run at defenders and try and, you know, score a worldie by beating two players and then knocking it in. Yeah. Um, and it definitely should have been a penalty, but I don't think that was the reason that, that Town didn't win that game. They had other opportunities, and if they'd been a bit mm. more at it in the first half, then, then as you said, it, it would have been, you know, 3-0, 3-1.
0: But um, that that the penalty incident, not to labour on it, but the penalty incident comes about because... He runs at a defender, and the defender absolutely boos himself. <laughs> and that—that's what we—you've not seen enough of a, from Di Carby because <laughs> he's his confidence, well, yeah, <laughs> his confidence has been through the floor. So instead of running at a defender, he's looking to come inside or turn he's or lay the, the ball it, off. Yeah. yeah, so just, I always get just,
1: the sense he's looking to win penalties, and that one should have yeah. been a penalty. But I always. I, th- I think it was it against Cardiff. He came on and immediately got booked. Bu- or was it QPR?
0: QPR immediately QPR. got
1: immediately got booked for mm-hmm. diving right at the start you, of the game. You can see him, and he did it against uh, Stoke as well.
2: You can you can see pace being such an asset, and that's reflected by the fact that particularly against Stoke, when he came on, they had to double up on him. Yeah, they reacted to him being on the pitch. Yeah, yeah, and that's something that I think. Particularly, and I'm sure we'll discuss it about the Stoke game, that can be an incredible asset as a substitution, yeah. yes. like as an impact. Yeah, sub. yeah. Um,
1: and I think that's how the Cowleys see him. Yeah.
2: Mm. Obviously, for him, you know, if it works out, then then brilliant. It starts to move on to well, he's part of the the first team plans. He's part of the the you know the full game mm. tactics but definitely that that's that's something that we haven't had in a, in a long while
1: it's strange I've done the power rankings uh, that will be going out first thing Thursday morning and traditionally I've gone with what the players 1-11 to 11 are mm. if you picked the first 11 what would it be and I've actually got Diakabi in there ahead of Kachunga because although Kachunga is starting and I would probably stick with Kachunga starting as long as he's not going to miss it as like he did against Stoke in the first five mm. minutes uh, I think Carby is probably actually more important even though he's coming off the bench and I don't know if that's Danny Cowley getting in my head by saying they're not subs, they're game changers yeah, but, yeah. But, he, but I mean against Stoke he he ended up not to, sk- well let's skip ahead he ended up setting up the goal for Bakuna because he mm. came on and, and made that run up the right hand side which Cowley had said on Monday um, James McLean is a winger. Really, we're going to try and get behind him, and that's exactly what. And despite doing.
2: the fact that we didn't really take advantage of it, you know, when Stoke shifted their game plan to double up on him, it left us a lot of space on the left. Yeah, mm. and that's something that if we're a bit cleverer in the future, we mm. can exploit as well. Mm. The
1: goal came from Fraser Campbell against Millwall, and it was uh, it was a decent goal. J- Jaden Brown actually won the ball twice mm. uh, out on the left wing. It broke for Grant. He skipped past player. That was a really good run from Grant when he watched yeah. it again, and uh, just squared it for Campbell to, to shoot home. Uh, I think we talked a bit about Campbell last week, Dave, but Jim, I don't think we've had your thoughts on Campbell's recent form. What have you made of him playing as the, the number nine?
2: I've been quite impressed. You know, I always thought when when Campbell was kind of like playing at at a higher level, he was a bit of a pace merchant, wasn't he? Yeah. I think it's fair to say. Yeah. And a lot of players, when they they lose the pace, that's it. Mm. But he seems to have adapted really well. He's very intelligent. He uses space quite well. He knows when to drop off. He knows when to drag a defender with him. He knows when to bring the other inside forwards into play. Yeah. And I think it was demonstrated by, by the goal mm. was, was no mean feat he placed that perfectly he was yeah. aware of his surroundings mm. and he put that in and you know looking at his stats from last year I think a lot of people were quite un- underwhelmed by it, the, the Campbell signing but I think we were all I, I was quite excited I, about it because, it seemed
0: like a no brainer to me really. yeah. Yeah. I mean again it's that thing about it's not necessarily a signing that makes you feel fizzy but it's a signing that there's absolutely no there's nothing in the negative column is yeah. there so well, Certainly
1: being from, from the town You know that at the very least He's going to be playing for the shirt And all those other I mean, Proper football we, man we've cliches been, We've been
2: linked <laughs> with him For the past 800 <laughs> transfer yeah. But you know He did really well at Hull last year mm. Not just in terms of goals But in terms of assists Which yeah. I think he'll bring that yeah. And there is something To the hometown aspect mm. of it The the crowd have reacted Really yeah. well to him yeah. He's reacted really well to the crowd You yeah. saw that interview mm. he did Yeah um, when he was in Lower Houses and Dalton and he's clearly still got a connection he's, he's, he, his mum lives here I think that's something when, when you found yourself in a relegation battle it's all about those little things at the margins mm. and I think Campbell will be someone who brings these things at the margins
0: and
1: his experience and Cowley said that he wants to have that experienced spy up the centre of the team Schindler, Elphick, Hogg and then Campbell up the mm. front you've got Play all all of Town's more, most senior players going up that middle Danny Simpson now on the right obviously
0: yeah I think it's also notable that he, the way the Cowleys sort of they play quite a high line mm-hmm. and your midfielders don't do much of the pressing work it's your front players and your defenders really your midfielders are there to be midfielders which is something that Huddersfield Town haven't seen for quite a long time because usually they're auxiliary defenders or they're auxiliary attackers they're not actually midfielders and Campbell leads that press as the top man really really well mm. you know he's, he's since he's been to the club he went through a spell in his career where he was quite like you say because he was a pace merchant what he wanted to do was get on the ball run at his defenders try and get him behind etc and now he's become quite an unselfish player and the Cowleys if you look at some of the stuff they've done in the past, that's quite sort of integral to their game plan. Yeah. So they've inherited a player who actually fits perfectly with what they want to do. So I suspect he could be, come the end of the season, he could have been one of town's most important players this year quite easily. Like, And particularly, now he's up and running, if he can get himself 12 to 15 goals this season... Uh, alongside Grant, and hopefully we get, you know, somebody else, whether it's Kachunga or Carby, starting to chip in as well. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, one of Town's big problems is they've been so reliant on Grant to score. Yeah. Nobody else has taken responsibility. If Campbell can come in and chip in and bring other people into it, then goals win games.
1: And and he's been a good link up as well. I mean, he got that assist for Lewis O'Brien against mm. against West Brom. That's another player that scored. That you know, that's his first goal for the club. And he wasn't involved in the goal, but to take your point about other players scoring goals, Bakuna got the goal against Stokes. Yep. So we're starting to see more players sort of chipping in. Mm. Uh, I think they they want to get more out of set pieces. They still don't offer yeah. anything in attacking set pieces. The Kelly said that you know if you can get you know goals from set pieces, that's the equivalent of a twenty-five million pound striker, um, yeah. which I think is you know a little bit of a, a headline grabbing uh, thing to say but there is truth in it you know I don't, and they, none of they, Town's defen- I think Town might be the only team in the division who haven't scored a goal through a defender yet this yeah.
0: season they do a lot of work on set pieces you know the England love train at the World Cup came from the Cowleys Gareth Southgate mm-hmm. actually spent some time with them and worked with them and it was it was their they were the sort of pioneers of that and obviously England used it brilliantly at the World Cup so they quite rightly see it as a huge Weapon, particularly you know? in this division. Yeah. I see you as a huge weapon. Is. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> actually. Um,
1: do we have anything more to say on on the Millwall game in particular?
2: Uh, not really. I tell you what, it's very expensive uh, for a pint of drink at the stadium nowadays, isn't
1: it? Is it really? Stri- we wouldn't is, um, know because no, know. you wouldn't. You get the, the life the of luxury. the are the tower. Box, here, is, you know. um,
2: <laughs> here is a kind of illustration of of how how seriously some of the institutions who are responsible for the the, the stadium upkeep and management mm. take that those responsibilities um in the south stand there's a there's a, a big sign over the kiosk you know it's got it says you know whatever food and drink and then it's got all your your meal deals in is it a kiosk parties. or a booth that says a kiosk It's a kiosk, okay. yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know and half the sign is hanging off and it's been hanging off for a long time since even last season yet they've gone to the trouble <laughs> of replacing a six with a seven on the meal deal, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. but they've left half of the sign hanging off. So I'll let that hang in the air. You make of it what you. Just, would. just like that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. No,
0: we wouldn't know if we were in the press box. Yeah. What do you, you get? It's just, just you know. As well, as the to sign, be honest with you, Jim, you wouldn't think it was possible to drink too much champagne. <laughs> <laughs> At least I'm doing it right now. I mean, no, not when we're in the Premier League, to be fair, we used to get a lovely sit-down meal, but now it is literally a tower of pies. <laughs> What kind of pies? All uh, pies. Yeah, yeah. all but, sorts. Uh,
1: okay, tend, I think last time it was pies. just steak and curry. Uh, Foolishly, this time. Just,
2: just steak and curry No, but I
1: mean, pies. they've got a menu up with a choice of four. But a they, choice they, of they, four. They only that's add, luxury. They only Bits actually the offer you of of You're place.
0: dealing with a man who doesn't like the chicken curry pies, <laughs> which to me, I, that's an absolute think. No, I, don't, I don't think curry
1: and pastry really belong together do
2: you think curry and say
0: naan go together
2: yeah it's very similar that's bread bread's not pastry it's a similar it's a similar, it's a similar, similar look at me
1: I, like look at you going at Sainsbury's and coming back with a block of puff pastry so it's basically the same as bread just bake it and slice it it's basically the it's, same
2: it's it's very similar
1: I wonder if anyone's still
0: listening to this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, yeah, we should probably move on to Stoke, where the catering was fantastic. I have really? to say, it's best in the. I've done games so far. At
0: Stoke, and it's lovely. You get food before, during, and after the game. It's brilliant, and you get space in the press box, which you do not get at Huddersfield Town. And they do hot chocolate which wow. is very nice.
1: nice. Mm. Matt Glennon, big hot chocolate fan, I can exclusively reveal on the podcast. Um, Stoke City, town got their first win of the season, which is quite a milestone. <laughs> oh, get, it's, uh, I'm sorry for anyone's ears there.
0: That was gunshot. <laughs> 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 We're Jim, yeah. Jim's had enough of the food talk. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Um, terrible game. Awful, awful game. One was, of the worst games object. of football I've I spent most seen. of
2: the game just texting you two, so. Yeah,
1: <laughs> And a game that was largely summed up by Elias Kachunga's sitter in the mm. fifth minute, which... Uh, Set the tone for neither side having a shot on target until Giannini Bacuna popped up with the winner eight minutes from time. We did get to see Adam Federici have a, a pop from 35 yards, which was fun. That was a good shot, though. Yeah. Um,
2: he, he, he went for it, Yeah, so he did.
1: But I think we can probably best summarise it as, it was an awful game, but who cares, because Town won. Would, would you go yeah. along with that? Certainly at this
2: moment in time, with just, some party rings and yeah. half a ball the process. You know, I mean.
0: <laughs>
1: Disingenuously mm-hmm.
0: They just protector. had to get over the line in a game. They just had to get over the line. Which they've done. Mm. But I mean if they stink the place out like that on Saturday, then you know the yeah. question got to be asked. It's, but it's different away from home.
1: Yeah. And and the counties are definitely a pair that are very much into we have a way of playing away mm. from home. Yeah. We have a way of playing at home. They and made they're that different.
2: Clear quite early on, didn't yeah. they?
1: They understand that you can't play like that at home. That the the that you need to have the fans behind you, and to have the fans behind Stoke you. Stoke would disagree. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and to yeah. Have, well, they're after Tony Pulis now, if, if report to be to be believed, which tells you a little bit something about the the desperation that, that they're under, that they're pining for the days of Tony Pulis. But there we go. Um, but yeah, I mean, that they they understand that when you're playing at home, you you can't play like that. That that you have to have a style that gets the fans on your side and drives you forward, and vice versa. Um, you could look at it as the perfect away performance though couldn't you Dave in some ways
0: it was turgid for an hour and then you know like I text you 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 realise that this is actually the game plan the game plan is not to lose the game and then go for it in the last Mm -hmm. sort of 15-20 minutes which they did with the subs and as soon as they stopped being passive they got the goal and like it's one of them as a fan you watch and you're just happy with the win in these circumstances but as a manager i i would imagine the two of them are absolutely delighted because to, to sort of have a game plan in your mind and enact it and to come away with the win for yeah. it to go perfectly i think you know they'll be absolutely buzzing but it, it was the, fir- the the first half was just all about don't give away any space. Mm. Don't give away. Uh, don't see anything in our own half of the pitch, and it just made for a sort of endless passing and just midfield play. I was saying, watching it on the red button, it almost became because there was so much play in the middle of the pitch. It was basically like a Cowley camp because the camera was behind the dugouts. So I, for large, you know, a fairly large amount of the time, I was just watching. Danny Cowley pointing and giving instructions. Nicky Cowley is just like a wasp in that <laughs> in that area. He's all over. He's running to the corners. He's down. He's down shouting. He's whistling. He's, it's like it's great entertainment. It was better than the football. He's attacking bees. Yeah, he was all over the place. But it, it showed. I, I think it showed they were really desperate for the team to hold their discipline and hold yep. their shape. And regardless of how bored we were all were I think it's fair to say at <laughs> oh. 65 minutes it, it worked it did work and when they talk about yeah. game changes and subs and everything else well it again it worked yeah so it, you can't really it's difficult to sit here and criticize it because l- they've done the job
1: looking at looking back at the press conference they did on Monday I've mentioned they, they identified that they could get behind McLean and looking back on that press conference it's 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 like they were dropping foreshadowing for a film <laughs> because everything they said in that press conference came to pass like that, that they had that they wanted to get behind McLean and that they had an idea about who their game changers were going to be. They specifically named Bakuna and Dia Carby as being two of them. Um, and yeah, it was go back through that press conference. Uh, go and look at the, the live blog feed. Uh, I think it's under if you search for Lewis O'Brien and Danny Cowley press conference. And everything they said came to pass, and Kelly admitted afterwards that that was the game plan was just we'll just take up the pressure and then because he basically he actually said we're not fit enough to play the ninety minutes after mm. we've just played three days after we've played millwall and had a really tough game against them. Yeah. we didn't think that away from home that we would be fit enough to go the full ninety minutes doing the big high press and going at Stoke and try to you know score three, so they just Mourinho'd it up mm-hmm. and uh, and I'm saying that as a 2005 Mourinho not 2018 (laughs) Mourinho Mourinho. yeah Yeah. Uh, and and soaked up the pressure and then just thought right we'll go for a shootout in the last 15 minutes with our fast subs on when Stoker Mm -hmm. all Neck from chasing the ball around from side to side and get a goal that way and that's exactly what they did
2: I think there's two ways to look at this right and one way to look at it and I kind of lean towards this is you know Trotsky used to have this story where you, you say... You, you, such, you a, want, such a gym yeah, yeah, it is introduction to yeah, a topic, yeah. tick. So, he, <laughs> um, he was in, uh, he tells this story where he, he's in Moscow, and he, he approaches this guy and he says, um, how do I get to Leningrad? And the guy says, well, I wouldn't start here. Right, and I think that sums up <laughs> the context in which we're talking about things. Because I really wouldn't start here. I'm not quite sure how we've got here. No. A quarter away into the season, and not only are we on, you know, five points. Not only are we in a relegation battle. I think we look, for, for all of, for all it was an ugly win. Mm. Even since the Cowleys came in, we look like a poor Championship side. Mm. There wasn't much separating Stoke, who are awful, Millwall, who were awful, and Huddersfield. It was one. And, and as much as the subs made an impact, mm. that was the only really impact they made, and it was a goal, and that's brilliant.
1: I'm taking your prosecco back off you, Jim. Sorry. Yeah. 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 No, yeah,
2: but but I think there are much wider systemic issues. Yeah, no, this football yeah, group.
1: That win doesn't solve. Another anything
2: thing that at all. concerns me is that you know you talk about we're not fit enough mm. to kind of go and play the intense game we want to play. Well, that worries me because if you go in a game on Saturday. And you're going to Tuesday, and you have to play the same players because either you don't have the strength in depth, or you don't trust the other players at your disposal. That that is problematic. Yeah. However, it's good to win a football match. It is, and I'm really enjoying it.
1: That, that's the thing. It's it's all about what they do from yeah. here now. They, 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 as I wrote in the piece, this wasn't a game where you look at it and you go, "That's the moment. That's the moment that things yeah. turned around. That was the game where they turned the corner." The same way that we look back on Tottenham. Uh, 18 months ago, as that was the moment it fell apart. Yeah. That, this wasn't the game where you're like, oh, they're they're fine now.
2: Because if we play, if, if we play like we did against Millwall or Stoke against Hull, I, th- I think we'll be in trouble.
0: But I, I, yeah, you're exactly right. But the two points I would make is that do not underestimate the power of that win. I mean, their first training session after a win for the first time since February after a season where they only got three wins total, they will be they will be bouncing. And the the thing I've talked about on this podcast, I can't remember if you're on there, Jim, was that they need that team needs to do more on adrenaline rather than just going through the motions. Winning gives you adrenaline. Like you talked about, that five minutes after town scored against Millwall was their best five minutes because suddenly everybody was blood's up and everybody's got a little bit more so I think it's important but I think the other side to it is that what the Cowleys have to do in this position like I said on WhatsApp last night just got to stumble through to January and in January town needs to look at it and go well if we've got five holes we've got to plug at least three of them and they have to be backed by Hodgkinson to do that and another thing I've said on this podcast is if it gets to the day before the transfer window and town are still scrapping around trying to buy those players they're not doing it right it's got to be like the first two weeks they've got to have at least two of the two of the three they identify in and done mm-hmm. so they they've just got to stumble through to January pull out of the relegation zone if possible, but then after January if they get a couple of players that's when the excuses are gone and they've got to they've got to go forward. <coughs> And that
2: was that 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 was Trotsky's answer to the gentleman. He said, Well, I am he said,
0: here.
1: Hodgkinson has to back him. Hodgkinson <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: has to back him, yeah. No, <laughs> but that, that, that was the point yeah. that he was yeah. making and that I'm making. At this point, yeah. you know, we've talked about context a lot. Yeah. Mm. But what's important about this victory is narrative. Yeah. yeah. It's narrative. It's publicly, the enemy of contact. He's <laughs> <enemy of context, laughs> learned. Before, yeah, but but it's 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 narrative for the players themselves. It's narrative for the club. Mm. Um, that's the important thing. And we are where we are. Yeah. And we've got to move forward from that. Yeah. And as Mao said, a revolution. <laughs> a revolution. Yeah. A revolution is no bed of roses, and nor is a relegation. So it, it is what it is. Did he
1: with his bit the relegation as well?
2: He, I imagine that so part he was quick. a keen sportsman did he
0: blame it when it went wrong on Flo Hadajanai <laughs> I imagine <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But um, I, I think, think Flo's I, got more stick I, th- I think you, like, you, you look at it though and you I mean we're exactly right all we ever say on this podcast though, is they can't sort the problems right now you know there's always yeah. a target in the future. there's always something the, the thing about the Cowleys is that I think when they came they were hoping to get an immediate bounce but what they actually got against Sheffield Wednesday was a massive you dose of reality. You got Sheffield Wednesday bounce, which is yeah. the worst kind of. Oh, the, the Wednesday game was basically they, not they they got their game. A massive dose of reality. But I think that's actually probably done them so good, some good because they've realised that they really have to, had to strip it back to basics. And I think that's perhaps why they played the way they did against Stoke as well. Cowley said. Uh,
1: I think it was on Monday I think yeah I think I think it was before the game rather than after the game he didn't understand before he got here how much they'd been how 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 worn down everyone was he said you just can't understand if you're outside the camp how how hard it is to have been climbing the mountain and then getting knocked back down, and and yeah. you know that Sisyphian task—just to drop a Chisholm reference—that's
2: I me. Mean. I can't be held responsible for you know. But but you again. know, Albert
1: Camus <laughs> yeah. said, said yeah. that you know that 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 ultimately Sisyphus had to be happy. Yeah. because because he was struggling against the absurd, and I think that that's very much the position mm. that the counties now find themselves in, and it's, Sisyphus is a great illustration of how it's all about process and not about outcomes
2: Absolutely. You know I used, to have a, a w- I used to have a watch I used to have a watch that just had Sisyphus pushing a rock around it, and no indicator of time, it was useless
0: <laughs> uh, Again, if there is anyone still listening <laughs> to this podcast <laughs> But, you know,
2: in a, in a way, we were all excited about doing this podcast because we've not had much to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and in one sense, we've talked about the win and we can talk about the psychological impact it has.
1: We can talk but about Greek mythology. We can talk yeah. about
2: Greek mythology and the giants of Marxism, Leninism. But the, the problem is, is we're kind of still seeing the same patterns of play. Yeah. And I think what town fans expected was... And I think because we were spoiled with Wagner, when Wagner came in, that shift from how we were playing under Powell mm, with those yeah. same players mm. was a- absolutely profound.
0: Yeah, it, was it was like a different team. It was yeah. like
2: different individuals. That's not what we've seen. And I think that's understandable yeah. because, again, of the context. Mm. But I think if it goes another five games and, yeah, we've we've ground out another ugly win or yeah. two but we're not seeing the patterns of play change that's when I start worrying
0: mm. I yeah and listen I think you're exactly right again but what what nobody at this club I talked about this pre-season we used to what nobody at this club has seen with a lot of these players who are very very young remember mm. is nobody has seen Carby or Mbenza in a team that has won three of the last five and drawn one of the others have the confidence to make mistakes and try things and if Town I don't know if Town will win Saturday Hull have uh, a very good attacking side Town have problems defensively yeah that that means certain things shall we say (laughs) but if Town came out of this with a seven point week yeah then I, I, I think you need to I think seeing like I say seeing somebody with the freedom and the confidence they can look a completely different player because I think when you look at someone like Di Carby, it's easy to get frustrated with him mm. but you know look at the look at what he's been trying to find his feet in a team in a new city in a new league then in another new league when those around him are through the floor and you know everything's changing he he might be uh, genuinely you know with four wins out of five he could look like genuinely look like a world beater we just don't know because this 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 one of the things i've been writing about lately is just having a look over the last year with town and this this set of circumstances has never existed in your 111 year history and when you've got young players And you've got the experienced heads there who are struggling to cope with it. You think, yeah, you know, this really is Mm. massive. What Town have got to do, I know what you're saying about patterns of playing systems and all of that, but genuinely for, probably for another month or two, they've just got to get some points on the board. And if they have to sort of poo their way through games to do it, Mm. you know, if that's what it takes... That's what it takes. But then when they plug a few holes in January and there's a bit of breathing space and everybody can just go, and the shackles can come off, that's when you want to see it change. But the, I, I, I know the Cal is a very, very keen and we've seen it in so many press conferences now. Results aren't everything. They are not uh, result orientated at all. They're process driven as they keep telling us. Mm. And in his own words, your wins, draws and losses column sorts itself out when you get things right. I understand that, but they will know in this situation if they got another win against Hull on Saturday by hook or by crook, those players are going to be bouncing in training next week. Yeah. They're going to be desperate. Well, it's going into the international that, break as well. Yeah, <laughs> That
2: would be big because we ground out that result mm. because Stoke are yeah. the worst team in the league. Pitiful. Yeah. We... for. Vast swathes of that game. In fact, almost for the entire game, we had no midfield. I don't know where it went. Chalabar's had two really off games. Yeah, he was, o- he's been poor both of O'Brien days. went missing. And, and that, that, was, that was where the problem was. The midfield just disappeared. But and I
1: think that was because they were playing so yeah. wide. Because they were trying, as I say, they were trying to tire Stoke out by just going side to, side to side to side to side to side. And I think that's where the midfield went. Also, Hogg was playing. Really deep. They had quite a high line mm. defensively, but Hogg was sticking quite close to. He was almost a
2: centre back, wasn't he? At points. He,
1: yeah, but notably, didn't. I don't think I saw him drop into the. Other than covering for a defender who's coming out to make a clearance, I don't think I saw him drop into the into the back four once, yeah. which is quite a turnaround for yeah. him. But the, I, I get what you're saying, though. It, it looked like a. Mark Hudson team at times
2: because you, but that performance by the way was a Jan Siever performance <laughs> 100% apart from perhaps the goal at the end
1: but the thing is is that the, the, we knew that the Cowleys were pragmatists and they talk about yeah. the process and I think that's them sending a message to the players and also at the same time asking for patience from the fans mm. but when it's actually getting get to match days they have played four different systems and adapted it or have played variations on the same set of systems and adapted it to match the opposition and try and get uh, the best result out of it because, and that's what they've done at at their previous clubs because they know that, well, there's no point in us. That was the problem with with Jan or part of the problem with Jan was he was so set on, I want to play this way and Mm. I'm going to make the players... Play this way, and they're just going to have to learn yeah. it, and they'll, we'll get there over the year. I don't think he expected, obviously, to have quite the bad start that they had. He thought he was going to have a whole year to get, and you know, that it might be difficult to begin with, but but that they'd get there. But the counties have come in and they've realised, well, we're in such a hole that we actually we're talking about the process and we're talking about where we want to get to. But when it actually gets to game day, let's just do whatever gives us the best chance of getting the result, which is what they yeah. did against Stoke. What they did against Stoke was actually completely against. The principles that they've laid out about mm. being direct and being dynamic and being quick yeah. on the ball but it was intentionally so because they knew that was the best way of getting the result which is uh, quite a magic trick to, to get mm. the players to get that sense of the players moving in the right direction while still actually grinding out the results and doing what's yeah. needed
0: it makes Saturday interesting because yeah. they can't be passive on Saturday and I mean even against Millwall I thought there were times where they were passive they were almost playing like the away side and almost trying to catch Millwall on the break trying to draw them deep uh, you know draw them forwards and try and get in behind I think they the period, won't be able to do that against Hull. The
2: period after we scored I think that was where we made the mistake we really did drop very deep yeah. Of like 10 sort. Of and that's 10 why minutes, he was that's yeah. why he
1: was unhappy with the first half.
2: Yeah, and and I I, I don't think that was necessarily from from no. they didn't want No, 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 no. No. So I think if we do if we do manage to go one up against Hull, we have to go for the second goal. Yeah. That that's that's key because we you we know, we're not defensively solid yet.
1: Yeah. They were going for the second goal against Stoke. I know the goal came 8 minutes from time, mm. but they were keeping Three, four men forward at all times because they, because that's again, it's the attack is the best forward defence thing. Well,
0: the the last podcast, when we talked about the West Brom game, one of the things that I noticed was that at half time and 2 1 up, they come straight out and, and first 45 to 50 minutes, twice, they had a midfielder, it was Chalabar and somebody else, pressing way, way beyond the front three, trying to win the ball back. And it was clear that the message at half time had been. You go out and win this by getting another goal, not by sitting back. And then he was going bonkers on the touchline and he talked about it after because they just retreated and retreated and retreated. Yeah, old and helps. I think that attitude is probably reflective of where he sees your defensive options at the moment. Yeah. I mean, if 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 Town have to sit on a 1-0 lead for half an hour, let's be honest, I don't think there's anyone in this room that is actually confident at the moment they would hold it. Ten minutes, fine, but half an hour, no. I think you're exactly right. I think one of the reasons I feel like there's a battering coming, Jim, that's just something else I said on the podcast that I've already had a couple of very witty comments on Twitter about. Um, I genuinely think Town are gonna batter someone because Cowley will go you'll go one nil up in a game and Cowley will say, Right, go for the juggler and at some point they'll come up against a team who will fold and they'll batter someone three or four or five nil. But you know, Saturday's probably a bit early for that, yeah. but they ju- they can't be passive because Hull are really good going forward. Defensively, they're frail. So what he's got to look at that game for me is we need to outscore Hull, and with a Huddersfield team that historically doesn't score more than one goal, mm. that's his next big and conundrum is, is to that solve.
2: Perhaps the time to go 4-2-3-1 even if Pritchard isn't back. Fitz well he went
0: 4-2-3-1 against Millwall and he pushed O'Brien up to yeah. 10 and he, he it wasn't called so yeah, It Dave. Yeah, wasn't a 4-2-3-1 as like you'd know it in a Wagner era or He, as, have, yeah. he
2: wasn't like playing as a traditional number 10 no, he, was, he was pushing very, very But we forward. all
0: laid out, before the game we all laid out the team and we went right well that's probably a 4-3-3 three, three. and I was sat next to Steve and I said within 5 minutes O'Brien's the number 10 here and he was playing so high and for a while it worked but again it's that it's that. I hate to keep coming back to mindset and saying the same things but the old problems in, creep in because players start to worry and start yeah. to panic and they st- want to stop making mistakes and when you stop making mistakes you stop risking anything and when you stop risking anything you don't score in football mm. so the, the thing he's got to get into him on Saturday is to take risks Try and play that ball inside the man. If you give it away, win it back, you know. And that's what Town aren't doing at the moment. They're just quite formulaic, very easy to play against. So, that, as I said, the next big battle is two or three goals in a game. And I know they got two against West Brom, but they were, they were arguably gifted one, but they finished yeah. it very, very well. Against Hull, I'd suggest to win that game, they could possibly need to score three that's an ask so and it uh, unfortunately it is I mean three against West Ham before that yeah th- did they, sc- they they beat Bournemouth the didn't they I think 4-1 but that was the season before no. season before yeah, I yeah. can't think of another occasion in the last couple of years when yeah. they've scored three or four so that's a, it's a big ask it's a big ask but if they could do it and as I said if they got if they get seven points in eight days then I can tell you what the, the that team will spend the international break absolutely yeah. buzzing like... So, who knows? But I think even a five-point week would be yeah. pretty damn good, Yeah. realistically. We'll see.
1: We, we set the target of nine or ten points from seven games and then now got four from two. So, mm. that's a good start. And, and to be honest, I would almost say the results from the Millwall and Stoke games probably should have been reversed, but that's how, yeah. that's how
0: football is sometimes. I'm sure if... Uh, I reckon if you'd have offered them four points out of them two games whichever way around yeah, they would have it, oh actually, absolutely anyone you know, would take that it, it was, as I said I think I felt with that Millwall game that we'd talked about them targeting it and I think the fans all targeted it and I think we targeted it mm. as this is the game the Cowleys are going to win this is the one where they're going to step mm. in and do it and I think that was quite powerful in the stadium and I think it got to the players a little bit there was there was a lot of it felt like a nervy performance on Saturday, whereas that away game, and you spoke, Steve, about how if it had been an away game, it would have almost suited them better. Yeah. And I think you're exactly right, because I was really impressed against Stoke with the the actual discipline. I know what you're saying about patterns of play, but they, they really did stick to their tasks, like, doggedly. And I've not seen a town side do that since promotion season under Wagner. 'Cause in the Premier League, you know, that Tottenham game came early and after that that was the problem. They were the discipline was going a bit and they were struggling a bit and what have you. So yeah, it went not pretty, but it was you know, there were things to be actually pretty impressed about really mm. on the quiet. Yeah.
1: I mean, again, I think it's worth saying, it, it doesn't solve everything. There's still a lot of problems to fix. But you can't complain about getting the first your first win in uh what is it, eight months? Uh, to be honest I think however they got it it, it, at this stage they just needed the points Mm. and they talk about the process I think we've seen enough from the other games not for 90 minutes at any point yet but we've seen enough from the other games to suggest that they to me to suggest that they're on the right track and at very least the players are listening the players are responding Mm -hmm. they're making tactical tweaks they're still yet to play the system that they want to play because I think they're not at a point where they feel they can do that yet um, particularly because Pritchard's been been out, it'll be interesting to see what happens when Pritchard is back, because then you've got to drop one of Hog, Chalibur and O'Brien.
2: I don't think it's the hardest decision to make. I'd happily drop one of them to be quite front.
0: But which one? That's the thing. I think. Oh, it, and,
2: and you... No, probably it's probably, either the or Hog. I think.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's Chalaber in that case. The the thing about O'Brien is, I think again. You said it, Steve. Uh, it's always stuck with me. I think it was you anyway. But O'Brien uh, looks like the one who, despite it all, has really been looking forward to playing for town uh, and really. Oh, yeah. Well, of course, yeah. You know. I think he, I, he, he, talk, he was at Bradford last year, was bottom of the table all season.
1: And he spoke on Monday about how he thought it was a great experience because yeah, it made him a man. You
2: don't want to play. He <laughs> yeah. great mentality. The, you don't want to play, you know hog and Chalabar, No. I don't think you can do that. I don't so think, I think it works. O'Brien is, is been tried. O'Brien has shown enough that if it's a midfield two you need somebody who's going to create something, somebody who's going to link up the play, somebody yeah. who mm-hmm. when it's necessary will run beyond you know the yeah and create a second third runner. Um, so, and I just Ob- don't
1: think they're going to drop Hogg
2: yeah so probably o- O'Brien and, and Hogg then um, yeah. but what, what what I mean by it, it's not the most decision to make it's not like yes. it's a world-beaten midfielder yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah, if you yeah. can no, I know what you mean. if you can play a system that the is want and you can play it with the likes of Pritchard or well then yeah. you make that decision it's
1: fine yeah.
0: it's not the worst
1: and, and Bakuna if he can start playing yeah. more instinctively like he did when he came on
0: that goal I'm hoping like sort of lights a fire under him he's again he's such a confidence player he's mm. the epitome of a confidence player me and Steve look like idiots at the moment just in general Steve, but specifically the at the moment but specifically <laughs> because we did spend a chunk of the end of last season telling people how Bakuna should yeah. comfortably be yeah. one of the better midfielders in this division but he looked like he, he should just, be because he was good yeah. in the Premier League and he was good pre-season as well but then he literally from the derby game just tumbled off a cliff
1: he overthinks things and he gets frustrated he, he, you were talking about players mm. needing to run on adrenaline and he is a player that is all about adrenaline and confidence mm. if he's playing naturally he's got so much natural talent in his feet that he can just make things happen that pass he made for Diakavi and then the run and then the finish were all mm. really good that was what we expected to see out of Bakuna finish. Yeah, yep, all of that move was what we expected to see out of Bakuna this season but he's just been i mean he's talked about they're training him out of the habit of taking three touches where yeah. two will do. Um and and they're saying simplicity is genius to him. And I think that he more than anyone needs that message. He just needs to keep things simple. But he's another option and as I say doing those power rankings when I did it last month I got down to about number 8 or 9 and I was like, "Oh, this this isn't good like that I'm bringing these players in at this point." But even with some of the same players doing it today, I got to about number fifteen or sixteen before I was like, "hmm, this is where it's starting to yeah. drop off now, and that's maybe just me being on a high of uh, of of the win maybe it was the glue that I did earlier but <laughs> it's but it, it, it I think it shows it it just takes on a very different complexion when you've picked up four points mm. in in two games
0: and that's that's the mindset of the players as well that's yeah, what exactly. I mean about you know a decarb and Benza. Embenzer is a worry to me at the moment. Yeah, Dia Carby is showing stuff. Dia Carby looks like he could be a really good player if if the circumstances are right. And Benzer is really worrying me because he just, I don't feel like there's anything in him. There's no fire under him at all. There's no, and he, I, I mean, I think I've mentioned this on another pod as well to repeat myself yet again. But I watched him come on a sub, and. He, he like you know he fiddles with his shirt and he makes sure it's pulled over and he walks on and he tells somebody, "Oh, you're going over there now." And he strolls into position and you think, "I I want a sub to be ready for a start when he walk comes on." Looks and like then, he's got a rocket up him. And then to get into position and to be on their toes and he just, mm. I, I I'm sure, you know, like this run is like terrible and it, it affects them all different ways and all that sort of thing, but. I'm honestly not sure at this point how you harness him Benza for the best. It, it's, it's the best thing to do. Just send him somewhere for two weeks. Just send him out of the club it's away from it all and try and get his try and get his head right because £11.25 million worth of player there and at the moment I mean you'd struggle to get under a for him. Hmm. So yeah it's not all joy is it? No it's <laughs> not. As I
2: say
1: there's, there's still issues there to address but
2: <laughs> have you got any predictions for Saturday I think it'll be
1: I uh, I don't think they're going to win weirdly I don't know why I did before Millwall I did before Stoke and now that they've actually got a win I feel like they're not going put to put some, some numbers Saturday. on it uh, I hate doing school predictions no,
2: yeah. maybe this is th- where you earn your stripes as a mm. journalist this is where it really comes down to it
0: maybe 7-0 tell 7-0 <laughs> yeah. yes. no, no I I think there's, a, I, I, genuinely think there's a good chance they win that game, but I think it could be another, quite slender affair, one goal in it, not one goal in the game. I yeah. mean, it's, it a feels, two one or a three it two. feels a bit of a yeah. two-one-three-two me.
1: I, and I feel the same. But I feel like it's going to go the other way. I
0: think, I think the more, I'll be honest. I think the more likely to draw it, but because this is a Huddersfield Town podcast and they've won and I sometimes get accused of being a bit too rational on here. I want to say they should win 5-0. <laughs> How about you, Jim?
2: I think I think a bit of momentum, and in, in the spirit of positivity, I'll say a 2-1 win town. Okay. I'll say Campbell's going to get a, a goal against his former club.
0: Oh, we're going into specifics. And
2: um, uh, in the ra- O'Brien, minute. O'Brien will, yes, got to go in the 65th minute just sort of like 20 yards out just kills it into top right corner possibly but don't hold me to that imagine
1: if that happens now though. it, it
2: happened I can't remember it happened with Tom Ince once on like, a podcast like two seasons ago and I exactly described what would happen it's <laughs> unbelievable get,
1: yeah like the groundhog yeah, yeah. Can yeah. I just say
2: yeah. I went to the Huddersfield Town ladies game on Sunday oh yes Sunday. of course
0: was that the 5-2 against Derby Derby yeah. Yeah. the Derby yeah. game yeah. so it was like
2: quite a, quite a touchy first half I think it was like it got to two all basically, and it was absolutely hammering it down. Yeah. And Derby were playing a really high line, and Town Ta- had kind of got like three attacking starters on the bench, so they brought on uh, Lucy Sarabee, Sarah Danby, and, and Katie Nutter. Mm. And Derby were playing this really high line, and they just shifted it a bit because they could lob these balls down the channel, and because the pitch was a bit waterlogged, you could kind of run onto it. Yeah. Um, mm. and, and Kate Mallin got a hat trick. Ended up winning five two. Um, but it was quite a good Ashvickers kind of quite a good tactical manoeuvre. Very very pragmatic. Because it's not the kind of football you're you used to see in Town Ladies play, which is very much on the deck, like passing yeah. around and
0: stuff. Are they are they top now? No, no,
1: they lost two two in a row. Yeah, yeah. so right. they
0: third now. A bit. Sunderland at it's the top.
1: Something like that. It's it's another division where you can lose two games and still mm. be yeah. up near the top of the table. Yeah um they either they've won they won a couple of games i think they won 6-1 or 6-2 yeah. and 6-0 and then <laughs> i went to the one of the games they played against stoke funnily enough and they scored in the first they scored like two in the first eight minutes and then got absolutely battered for 80 odd minutes and and stoke put a sitter over the bar they had a goal ruled out for offside wrongly when we watched the video back um they hit the post twice, everything, and Town ended up winning 2 1. It was ridiculous. That's how you want to um, do it.
2: That's how you want to beat Stoke. Yeah. yeah how's it you can believe that first part. How's, <laughs> it? how's it yeah how's yeah. it yeah. lovely uh, but yeah no well worth going up there uh, starves all it's not the best place to get to uh, <laughs> what a sell <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but it's, it's just saying uh, we'll, we'll occasionally put a free coach on yeah. like we did on on Sunday um, it's worth the trip it's there's actually fair. a funny story we nearly accidentally kidnapped nine people but that is funny that's for after the podcast
1: <laughs> is it really? okay fine it's Definitely. <laughs> <for after> well, <laughs> let's, let's wrap up there then because I want to hear this story thank you Jim and Dave for coming in we hope you've enjoyed listening listening. Uh, you two are on Twitter, aren't you? So, Jim, what are you?
2: I'm Jim underscore Chisholm,
0: C-H-I-S-E-M.
2: And
1: Dave, you're... <coughs> hey! At
0: David Hartrick, yes.
1: H-A-R-T-R-I-C-K. And I'm at Stephen Chicken, Stephen with a V. Uh, if you've enjoyed it, tell a friend and all of that business, and we'll see you next time when hopefully we'll be discussing
0: the second win of the season. The second win of the season? Yeah. The second win of the season? <laughs>